You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 139 with my guest today, Gilby Clark. Now, the opening track you are hearing is from Gilby's new album called The Gospel Truth. And the song is titled, Rock and Roll is Getting Louder. So throughout the podcast, you'll be able to hear some of the songs that are from the album as well. So in today's podcast, we talk all about the new album. We talk about Kings of Chaos, his daughter's band, which is called Frankie and the Studs, plus playing with heart and being on the show Supernova. And we also touch on a little bit of a band he was in called Guns N' Roses. So again, thank you to my sponsors. Musician, Custom Guitar Picks, and Shred Guitar Works. So let's go over the interview now with Gilby Clark. Congratulations with the, the new album too. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very I'm very happy. Like I was happy, you know, when, when I finished everything, I was like, all right, I, I got it. Like I, I was happy. It's exactly what I intended it to be. So so when did you actually start the, the process of this, this album? The album's honestly been done actually for almost a couple of years. Okay. So I started it maybe about four years ago, you know, because a lot of the guys, you know, are on tour. So I got to kind of get them when I can, you know, so it's, it was pieced together over time. But yeah, it's been done for a while. We were going to release it like right before the pandemic. And then, it, you know, when it hit, it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. So we put it off and then it got to a point of, you know, we got to get it out. Yeah. So I listened to the whole thing uh, last night. John from uh, Golden Records sent it over. Well, there's guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it. The, the first thing that comes to my mind, it reminds me of a bit of Ace Freely solo album. I, I've heard that a couple of times. You know, I don't have a problem with that, Ace. <laughs> I mean, you know, it hasn't been an influence for me, you know, in, in a few years. But, I mean, that's in your head. You know, it's yeah. definitely there. I mean, I was a huge Kiss Fan when I was a kid, I loved Kiss, I loved Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper. Yep. That's the stuff that I started with. I I made a conscious effort to have the record sound the way it sounds. You know, mm. I wanted a classic rock record. I mean, because that's what I like. Yeah. You know, I purposely, you know, cleaned up the guitars so there wasn't too much gain. You know, I wanted it to sound the way it sounds. I went through you know a, a lot of work getting it that way, using the right guitars. You know, the left side is a, is a Marshall JMT 50 and the right side is an AC 30 through the whole record. It's only two, yep. you know, I didn't layer and layer and layer. I'm not into that stuff. I, before I started, I listened to a lot of like Rick Derringer, Joe Walsh, Paul Kossoff. You're like that's kind of bad company. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely come across though, which was good. Well, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> So when you wrote the, most of the songs, I think I saw another interview that you said you wrote most of it on the acoustic. Is that right? No, some of it. Okay. So my writing process is I'm always playing guitar like most guitar players. You know, I tend to have a lot of free time. Like uh, I'm a big Los Angeles Lakers basketball fan. So I'm watching the game. I usually have a guitar on. And most of the time it's electric. Sometimes it isn't acoustic. Like I just switch it around. Yeah. And you're just right, you know, you're just playing. And if you play something, you go, oh, hey, that was okay. You know, yeah. you now you can just put it on, on your phone. So I have a long list of little phone messages, of little riffs and yeah. ideas. But yeah, sometimes it's acoustic. Sometimes those riffs, like rock and roll is getting louder, was an acoustic riff. It was just a guitar riff, you know, yeah. and I made it, I made it the bass riff after a while, so. 
Actually, yeah, talking about that song, yeah, that's the one you got the video for, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, which I watched uh, this morning. It was really cool. So th- yeah, it's fun. It's fun having yeah. all the cameos and stuff. That was an accident, but it, it was nice to have the guys on. Yeah. So all those ones, all the people that you went to, they're mm-hmm. all your friends, are they? Yeah. I mean, everybody that's on the record, everybody that's in the video are friends. I mean, we're lucky that we have a nice pool of good musicians, you know, where I live here in Los Angeles. Everybody that was either a guest on the record or a cameo in the video are people I've been out to lunch with, dinner with, had drinks with. I mean, they're real friends. Yeah. I always say your real friends are the ones that have been to your house, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, we have we have acquaintances. There's nothing wrong with acquaintances, but the people that have been to your house. Those are your friends. And yeah, Slim Jim, I've known for 100 years, Tame Me Down, 100 years, you know, Teddy Zigzag. These, these are my buddies. Yeah, <laughs> no, they did a great job. You never know. Thank you. Know, you. Just like the look like record store guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now the other song, the yeah, the gospel truth, is mm-hmm. another great song. Uh, Thank you. Who did the the backing vocals at the end of that one? Uh, let me remember, because you know I did the background vocals in a couple sessions over a couple days, so it's kind of like you know the songs were done, and then. I'd have different guys come up and, and do the vocals. Matt Starr, who who's a drummer on quite a few songs on the record, did a lot of background vocals. Okay. Chad Stewart from Faster Pussycat, who actually didn't play drums on the record, did a lot of background vocals. Mm. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, my buddy Nick did vo- uh, background vocals. And I think that those were Matt Starr and Chad Stewart did the backgrounds, but there's also horns on that on that song. Yeah. And those are real live horns. And that's Cleto Escobar, who you see him every night on the Jimmy Kimmel show. He's the band leader and the horn player, and he did all the horns on it. Okay. Because it was done a couple of years ago, and, and Cleto did it while they were on the show. They have a recording studio, so I sent him the ideas on a keyboard, and then they made them live. You know, they used a horn section, and they recorded. While they're on the show and they take a break, they go in the studio and record Oh, wow. You know, my horn parts. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, no, definitely adds to the song, though. It's great. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it, to me, it had kind of a Stones feel like like bitch was mm. the idea. Yeah. Like when I did the horns, I was thinking like bitch, like ba da ba ba da ba bam ba. That was the idea. So. Yeah. But those backing vocals at the end, it's like, whoa. Up there. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's Roberta. Roberta Freeman. You know, I, you know, I should probably correct myself. When you were talking about background vocals, that was Roberta Freeman who did those high, uh, lovely lady vocals. Yep. Roberta was our background singer in the GNR years when we played live, and she's been playing with Pink Floyd over the last couple of years. But yeah, that's Roberta doing the, all that wonderful, wonderful like uh, gospel vocal. And then you got Wayfarer, it's the slow bluesy song, which is really cool. Yeah, Teddy did such a great keyboard part on that song. Like, you know, we kind of lay stuff down and then you gotta edit, you know, like figure what, what works. When he did that track, it made the track as far as I was concerned. I actually cut a lot of my guitars out because I thought the keyboards really laid the groove for that song. Yep. Now, why is old timer? You got the, the slide solo. Now I was gonna ask you, was that in, do you tune to, Open tuning. Oh, open G. 
Oh, open G. I yeah, think. I'm always a half step down. Yep. So then it's open G. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's open G a half step down. Yeah. I, I've been doing that one for years, but uh, yep. that song is actually more about Billy Gibbons than okay. it really is about anybody. Yep. We were out to dinner one night, and Billy was telling a story, and it dawned on me that I've heard that story before. But it was a different version of the story. Okay. <laughs> and so it, I just kind of like chuckled to myself. And so that song is just kind of about, you know, honor or listen to the wise old timer, like pay attention when he talks. Yeah. <laughs> That's really about. That's really good. Um, now, probably one of my favorite songs that I've listened to a couple of times is the uh, the ending, which is a good party song, I reckon. Thank you. One of my favorites, too. Yeah. yeah. I really pitched that one live, like everyone just gone crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that song was... Um, Actually, the very last song I tracked for the record, the yep. very last song. Yeah. And and once again, it was a riff that I had and it was a bass riff that I had and that I made the song around. And then that's Jorma Vic, who is a drummer with Eagles of Death Metal. He also played a band called The Bronx, played drums on that track. That's actually me playing bass and guitar because I was finishing up the record and I didn't really have time to get a bass player in there. So I just knocked the bass out. Yeah. And you say you recorded all at your studio, is that right? Everything was done at my place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a very nice studio. It's not just, you know, a, a bedroom. It's actually not like I have a tracking room. I have a control room. I have a Neve board. I have wonderful microphones. I mean, I've been doing this for, for a long time, you know, probably 40 years. So yeah. I've collected some good stuff over the years. Yeah, but overall, great album. Thank you. And, they yeah. said it's good. It's good fun for guitar players. I mean, yeah. look, there's a lot of great music out there. You know, if, if you like Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, there's some great tracks, you know, mm. you know, like I said, Ace Freely still making records nowadays. Richie Kotzen makes great records. You know, it's a little bit for everybody. Like I said, this is my groove. You know, after all these years, I found a really good groove that I enjoy. So, yeah. Um, now, the other thing is you and I, it's like a, a little thing in common. Like my daughter, she, she'll be 26 in February. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, she plays guitar and sings as well with me. Nice. So I noticed here, you've got your daughter, she's got the band. Yeah, Frank, yeah, my daughter has a band called Frankie and the Studs. Frankie and the Studs. And, right. uh, and yeah, she's same thing. She's 26. She plays guitar and she sings. Yeah. And uh, and she's doing really well right now. She actually signed with an Australian label uh, called Punctured Media. Okay. And she put out her first single. It's called Victim. Uh, it came out like last year, but she has a new single that's actually going to drop, I think, within the next uh, couple weeks. Mm. So she's been doing really well. She's kind of, you know, if you see her, you think she looks like a modern version of like Joan Jett or something like that. Like exactly. it's, it's punk rock, but it's got a little bit more of, of a pop edge to it. Yeah. So you must be really proud. I mean, like every time I play with my daughter, yeah, you just get a huge buzz. Yeah, it's a great feeling. It's <laughs> a great connection. Yeah. You know, it's a great connection when you can play guitar with your daughter, you know, and like my daughter plays well, you know, so we can, you know, play acoustic together. We've done a couple uh, like live streaming things where we both played acoustic together, you know, played oh, songs. Yeah. And, and it's always it's it's so great to have that connection. Yeah. So did she record at your studio? Sometimes, sometimes. So in her early days, I did everything. But, you know, I, I want her to I want her to live her life. Yep. You know, I want her to get out there, meet people, meet producers, meet engineers. You know, I, I mean, I gave her the basics, you know, so, you know, she knows what to do when she's in the studio. Like she cuts her own guitar tracks, sings her own vocals, you know, so she's got the skills, but she needs to get out there and live her own life. Yeah. But no, like I said, it's a, it's a great bond though. Like, a, yeah, my daughter's been playing since this high. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And the same here. She started, I think, when she was 10. I, I gave yeah. her my fifth, I gave her a 59 uh gibson melody maker single cutaway yep. and she still has it and you know now she's moved out she likes telecasters now 
Yeah, just a bit about the uh, Supernova Man, if we can, because I was a huge fan mm-hmm. of that. And I was watching a bit last night just to refresh memory on some of the things. And, yeah. I mean, of course, we're all going for Toby Rain, you know, to get the job. Toby so, you know. <laughs> is so great, man. Toby is so... I, I love Toby as a person. He was definitely the one I got along with the best, you know, because yeah. he's such a great soul, such a great talent. I, I, I didn't feel he was the right guy for our band, but he'd be the right guy for any band. I mean, the guy is incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard his new band, Ash and Moon? No, I haven't. No, uh, uh, no. Okay. Yeah, that's really. Cool. What are they called? Uh, Ash and Moon. It's with um. Okay, cool. Check it out. With Gary Beers from um In Excess. Oh, I know exactly who he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah really oh, cool band. Yeah, I, I run into you know you know back when we were allowed to go outside in clubs, I'd run into you know him all the time. I'd be hey, Toby, what's up, bro? Yeah. <laughs> he changes his look every now and then, you know, but he's still a great, great guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. But that that band, I just remember watching it. The the, the house band. Incredible. Yo, incredible, incredible, Amazing. so talented. I mean, we said the same thing. I mean, actually, I've recorded with a lot of those guys over the years and stuff. And every time, you know, I mean, it, like Raphael is just a monster guitar player, oh, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, they were I mean, they really made it sound like a record. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it blew my mind how they could do what they did. Yeah. Must be great for you guys just to kick back and. We just sat back. (laughs) We just sat back and made comments, you know. I mean, but it was never a bad comment about them. They were always incredible. For me, it was a great experience because, you know, I'm I'm not a TV guy. You know, I don't don't really do TV. But Mark Burnett, the producer, was uh, really awesome. Like he he knew what he wanted, and and he let us be ourselves. You know, it's like you know, good, bad, or whatever. He let us be ourselves because he really believed that the only way rock and roll was going to get represented was let the real guys do it and talk yeah. about it because some people feel this is rock and roll, but rock and roll is really this, you know? Yeah. So he was really great about that. I, I learned a lot from Mark Burnett. Actually, I mean, I, you know, since the pandemic, I haven't really seen anybody, but you know, I saw Tommy all the time and Tommy was a friend long before that show and stuff and, and Dave Navarro too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've done a lot of shows with Dave Navarro. We do a, a project together. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen anybody during this, so I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> so what else have you got at the moment? So I know you've got the, this album out. Uh, are you still yeah. doing uh, the Kings of Chaos? Is that still happening? Kings of Chaos is what I do a lot. Okay. Unfortunately, last year, we had a lot of shows lined up for the summer for Kings of Chaos. And obviously when pandemic hit, it, at the beginning, they were postponed only to be canceled later. So we're trying to get some of those shows back. Uh, we have something coming up on June, in June out here in the States. Okay. Um, I think that's going to be the first of many. But for me, Kings of Chaos is the icing on the cake. You know, it's after all these years of doing, you know, sometimes we do great gigs, sometimes we do small gigs. Kings of Chaos is always a pleasure. Matt Sorum does such a great job of collecting people, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, last time we did it was with Ace Freely. We had Ace Freely. Sebastian Bach and I think it was D Snyder on lead vocals wow. and it was incredible to play all those songs along with you know GNR songs Warren Demartini played guitars and rap songs yeah. I, I mean it's just I mean it, you know it, it's heaven having a project like that to us so has there been any songs like yeah you know, from these guys like the rap songs whatever that you hadn't really played before and you had to like really knuckle down and learn it all of them I, yeah. I was never a guy I, look I've never had a guitar lesson in my life I never like picked up stuff and go, oh, let me learn that. It's just not, I, I, I learned playing guitar by writing songs, you know, and, and, and just playing. Yep. So I never learned covers. I was never in a cover band. Okay. So that's the first time I really had to learn other people's music. And, and it actually makes you really appreciate 
their music. Like, you know, doing Skid Row stuff, you know, some of those are fun stuff to play, man. The rat stuff was really interesting because from the GNR world, it's two separate guitars. We're doing two different things. But the Rat, even though they had two guitar players, they really are kind of doing the same thing. It's like one big guitar. Yeah. So that was interesting doing that is playing with guys that really were the one guitar player in the band. ZZ Top is a one guitar kind of sound, you know? Yeah. So that was challenging. Uh, Billy Idol with Steve Stevens, you know, Rebel Yell is really a one guitar song. So it, it was a nice challenge to kind of learn that stuff and kind of, you know, find your place in it too. Now, talking about challenges, how about with the um, the heart songs? Because I know yeah. they've got a lot of really cool riffs and a very, you know, you, you hear that, you think, oh, yes, we know that solo. So you've got to get it note for yeah. note. And some of those bends too, it's like, yeah, it's got to be right Well, on. I got to <laughs> tell you, I learned some, so uh, when, when, when I first did the heart song, the stuff too, just like you said, I was more familiar with the 70s heart. And like I said, I knew in my head, I didn't know how to play them. Yep. And when I was learning Magic Man, it was really hard. Like I couldn't get it. Like mm -hmm. I, it's like, even when I, you know, I see like my first performance I ever did is like on there and it's like, ooh, that nope was a little flat. <laughs> I learned later from Steve Fisher that they tuned for that song. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They uh -huh. tuned the strings separately so you can reach those notes. Uh -huh. I had no idea. I was doing like a regular six string, you know, and all that. So once again, you learn. You know, there's little tricks of the trade in there that some guys used. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's a long time ago. I did a little heart tribute band here in Melbourne. Oh, and, wow. And wow. Yeah, that's some tricky stuff in there. But, it is, but it is. also the girls are great. You know, they. I had a lot of leeway. It's like. Look, you don't have to play everything note for note, but there are certain things that, you know, obviously has to be there. So yeah. you can make it your own. Yeah. It was the same thing in, in like GNR when I came in. But there's stuff that has to be there, but then you can also play it the way you play. You don't have to play it note for note, you know, like this. Yeah, yeah. And I've never been that guy. You know, I, I like to I like to have fun with it more yeah. than anything. Yeah. So the plan now, so hopefully, like you're saying, once shows start opening up, you are yeah. tour this album as well? I hope so. I really do. We um we did our first live shows two weekends ago. We haven't played in over a year, and uh, we did a couple shows in St. Louis. One was a charity event, one was a live show. It was limited capacity, but it's the first time we played in front of an audience, and man, it was, I mean, it, was, it felt great, first of all, yeah. you know? And it, what I forgot about was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I forgot all about that, man. It really feels good to play a song and hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope we're gonna do more. <laughs> So, no, thank you very much for this. Really appreciate it again. Your time. Right on, Adam. Man, rock and roll, man. Loud guitars live. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I see him back there. I was checking him out, going, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Good job. That's cool. You got it, Adam. And give my best to your daughter, man. Tell her to keep going. I will, for sure. Now she'll appreciate it. Rock that. and roll. Thank you. Take care, buddy. All right, see you then. Bye-bye.